Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Out of Step Podcast with Izzy Ortiz, podcast for failures. Before we get into it, Asuncio, thank you, man. Thanks for being here. Welcome. I'm glad to do the show. You're everybody's favorite fucking Mexican, <laughs> and I appreciate it. But we got a special guest, guys, and I'm really excited for him being here. Uh, Danny from Facelift, man, and I really appreciate you coming by. It's actually, I, I'm not trying to fucking stroke your ego or anything like that. I'm a big fan, though, and uh, I've had... Just a real honor to have you on the fucking podcast, dude. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. When I reached out to you, I, I honestly thought I was like, ah, he's not. He's gonna be like, why the fuck would I want to be on a podcast? But uh, it was super sick to get you uh, to reach out and uh, or reach back to me and be like, yeah, dude, I'm down. Yeah, man. Not, no, not a problem at all. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, we'll just start. Up. Thanks, listen. I'm good. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, no, but uh, speaking of your band, man, you guys are. Like the local fucking hometown heroes down here, man. I haven't, you know, the first time I listened to Facelift, I was probably like 16 years old. And it's funny because you guys had been on so many fucking flyers at that point of my age. Because you, you, you guys got some age on me. And so uh, I knew who you guys were. I had just never been to a show. I always heard how fucking hectic they would get. And so the first time I went to go see you guys, I was 16. Some, you know, just backyard fucking show how it was back then. And I remember thinking like, oh, fuck, man, like. This is going to be intense. Mm. And I got to be honest, you guys did not disappoint. Yeah, man. I would say um, back in those days, it was kind of hard for us to get a show, actually. Um, it, it ended up being uh, Gilbert, Gilbert Lopez from the Death Church. He ended up giving oh, us okay. one of our first gigs. And uh, when we finally showed up to the Death Church, he was kind of like, he's like, dude, I thought you guys were going to be like 30-year-old bikers, you know, because <laughs> you guys had pretty bad <laughs> reputation. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't know. I don't know what was really going on in those days. I was just we were just pretty fucking gnarly. Dude, how's doing drugs and what's partying. That, you know what? Speaking of that, like what's the origin of the band? Like how does it how does it start? Well, the band did start. There was this dude Izzy, uh, back in the day. Not me. Not him. Yeah, he was uh he was a guitar player, singer, and we had this band called um well he actually had a band with Anthony Hiskett and David Sanchez mm. and a few other cats. Uh, that revolved throughout that whole situation, but there was a point where um, where I became the bass player, and Anthony was singing, and Izzy was playing guitar, but he was always kind of like shifting the band around. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. sometimes Robert would be playing drums, and sometimes he wouldn't. Um, he would have Justin Justin Haynes play drums or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, right on. So every now and again, we'd end up changing the band name, and it ended up being a complete crisis for a while. And then finally, when we realized that this dude was kind of not working out for us, um, we made our own band where Justin Haynes was playing guitar, I was singing, uh, Anthony was playing bass, and Robert was playing drums. No more Izzy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's when we made the band Facelift. So really, it was a, a child from other bands, and you guys, that was what was left over, and you were yeah. like, we can work with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, Justin kind of left the band, but he was kind of, uh, he's always been a friend of ours, you know, so he was kind of, um, he just left to go be on the streets and do weird shit, yeah, you yeah. know, like he just disappeared. And, that guy's uh, a really friendly guy, man. I remember, uh, my 21st birthday, <coughs> he, uh, you know, he was playing in Panzeram still. Oh, nice. And, uh, so this was a few years back and, uh, 
you know, just super nice. And I reached out to him to see if they'd want to show up because it was like a super last minute fucking show. Mm-hmm. And uh, super nice guy. It was like the first time I really got to like sit down and talk to him. And I was like, you'd never guess this guy's just screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> yeah, people have mixed opinions about that guy. Um, All right. On. Well, good thing I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I just make my own opinions about people. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Like I, I like if. Asuncio could be a fucking serial killer for all I all I know. Yeah, and if people, yeah you never know. Yeah, he knows a, ones. Yeah, he knows a few canals. <laughs> but like, if somebody were to be like, "Oh, Asuncio is a piece of shit," I'd be like, "Well, I haven't met that piece of shit yet." You know, right? Like, right. I, I make my own opinions about people, so you know, it is what it is. Teach their own, I suppose. But um, you know, you guys actually just dropped a new album, and um. I got it right here. I know it's fucking, yeah. you know, it might sound cringy or whatever, but, uh, you know, cause the show you guys had at Bart a couple weeks ago. Um, is this your guys' first album on vinyl though? Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact. Yeah. Cause I got the other one when you guys dropped the CD and you guys remember when the CV art scene was still around. Yeah. That was actually a pretty cool show. That was a really cool show. And, uh, yeah. So I was just wondering, like, I wonder if they had that on vinyl. Cause I have the CD. I was thinking about it. Um, we're trying to see how how well this vinyl does. You know what I mean. It's kind of a a process, and printing vinyl takes. If you do it right, it takes kind of. It's a little bit of a a process. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. There's a few steps from actually cutting the lacquers and getting the masters made, and who's gonna master it for vinyl and this mm-hmm. and that. You know what I mean. Oh. I mean, I guess you could go to a one stop shop, but that usually turns out pretty bad. I hear. Yeah. Um, I tried to avoid all that and go the mm-hmm. quality route, which ended up being a bit of a fucking process. Like I said. And they had us waiting for for months, you know what I mean? How does that usually work? So, like, when you found out, or when you decided, like, I'm going to drop this on vinyl, mm-hmm. like, what's the route that you took? Like, did you have to look up, like, all right, what company can I afford, or how does it work? I did, I did. I checked out a lot of different things. Because um, uh, apparently there's a bunch of people that are just vinyl heads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Aside mm-hmm. from bands who are printing vinyl and having terrible experiences with different record companies, mm-hmm. Um, there are people who actually listen to vinyl, you know, and they, they've had mm-hmm. that album before and they've had it printed on this comp by this company and then now they own it by this company and it sounds like shit, you know what I mean? Uh. So I was kind of listening to them more and I, I found out that a lot of the, the go-to record companies that us as bands go to mm-hmm. were actually producing terrible results for the listeners mm-hmm. who like really liked the fucking yeah, album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to a company who had great reviews as far as lis- listeners were concerned mm-hmm. and uh they don't do shit besides press it you know uh, so when mm-hmm. you go to them you got to go everywhere else too you know you can't just have your jackets printed there and and master printed there and all that kind of stuff yeah dookie was actually telling me about because uh he was telling me he worked uh worked with one uh well with you guys for one of the uh, music videos that he's not too proud of and uh he was telling me that you were so like focused on this album and that you were like everything you were doing was for a reason. He was telling me you were giving him the rundown about like, I'm gonna, we're going to drop it on this date for this specific reason. And like, just that you were so professional. I was, I was trying to, uh, you know, cause the first album kind of fell on deaf ears. I felt, you know what I mean? Um, are you proud of that album though? I like the songs. Yeah. I think the, the songs, songs are good. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we just partied in the studio on that album, you know, they ended up having to finally take the keys away from us, <laughs> which, you know, they never actually gave me a set of keys, but they oh. gave them to Ramon mm-hmm. Sanchez, who was our engineer, mm-hmm. who did that album. So basically, we would just call him up and be like, hey, can we record? Mm-hmm. And he'd come over, open up the studio, and we'd show up. 
but most often you know it would happen we'd just be partying you know what i mean yeah or we'd show up after a show and be like hey can we come record and we'd just oh, bring a bunch of cool. people we used to have the energy up yeah you know but we didn't get ever get anything done yeah. you know and as a matter of fact i think we already had the, re- the whole album recorded at one point mm. and we fucked it all up somehow Oof. and like one night we woke up and what do you mean like, like gone like a race like the masters are gone like i don't know what happened ramon could probably fucking shed some more light on that one but it was kind of like it went through a goddamn like a paper shredder and we just had assembling tracks uh, you know what i mean what? trying to get everything back and we we're just like oh you know what let's just redo the motherfucker mm. it's gonna take longer to piece it together than it is to <laughs> and that was it. the first album yeah that was the first how album. long did that album take yeah. to fi- like completely finish i don't know it took, it took so fucking long for some reason um we ended up because it went through a paper shredder. Yeah, it went through a paper shredder, and then we went to initially we went to Unit A Studios, and we recorded with Steve Feldman, mm. who was a. Uh, we we ended up he's a really cool dude, but I ended up uh, really wanting to record with him because he did Queens of the Stone Age's first album. Mm. You got something to drink, man? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty. Uh, I got you. No worries. Parched. Just keep talking. Um. So we went to to Steve at uh, Unit A Studios, and we ended up keeping all the drums that we did there. So once we did all the drums there, we went to another studio to do guitars and uh, and bass and, and vocals and all that. And that ended up being, like, our first studio experience, it ended up being kind of a, a process that we weren't really prepared for. You know what I mean? Was it the access to all the extra equipment? We're like, oh, no, experiment with this amp, this amp. There was a lot of experimenting, like mic placement and just geeking out and doing doing all kinds of different weird shit. Um but yeah, more more than anything, I just remember drinking a bunch in the studio, just drinking, and not getting much done. And then, oh hell yeah, thank you. Had you had a chance to work in a studio like that beforehand with another band, or? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, we had recorded at Dead End Studios before that. It was just like a live demo, mm. a live demo, and uh, we went in there, and it's like his studio is fucking you know professional as it gets. Night and day. Yeah, it's like it's it's so our very first studio experience was like top notch, mm-hmm. and after that we've kind of been, you know, it was just a one day thing. You know, we recorded a four song demo, went in there, everything was live. Wow, you know, and I think we even went to play a show after that. Like we went to the studio, recorded a demo, and then went to play a show. Nice. So when did you guys? Because you gave the little rundown of how like facelift the origin of facelift, and it was like you know a child from other bands. When did you guys decide like this is the one we're gonna try to actually work and s- stick with it? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Um, like I said, uh, Justin was in the band. He was a guitar player, and uh, we had this really big show with this band, Temper High and Ultra Lord, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a big deal to us. And he just kind of just disappeared, you know what I mean? And when he disappeared. I had to play guitar and sing at the same time, so I tried to pick that up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And once we got that going, there was just three of us. It was me, Anthony, and Robert. Mm-hmm. So that band kind of just stuck really easily because we all live like almost on the same street, too, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? A lot easier to get the schedules together. <coughs> exactly. Where would you guys practice at? Whose house? It was a lot of times at Anthony's house, and then at Robert's house was our, like, our main jam spot mm-hmm. for the longest time, hanging oh. out over there. Were you the one who mainly wrote the songs? On that first album? On that first album, yeah, I did write a lot of the stuff. Um, me and Justin used to get together and write um, lyrics. Like, me and him and I used to write lyrics together. Mm-hmm. Like, so we would start with the 
the same line at the first part, you know, the very first same line, and then we'd both write two different songs. Uh, and that's then we kind of smart. Yeah, and then we'd merge them together. So th- a lot of those songs that we did um, in those days kind of got lost because I couldn't really play them and sing them at the mm-hmm. same time. You know what I mean? I can't even. I'm learning how to play Guitar Hero drums right now, man. Oh, nice. So I can only imagine how it is to play a real instrument and sing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a little bit of a thing, you know. I had a. Well, I got I got used to it, but then you know once I started getting used to it, I had to write new songs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where do you get your inspiration from from your lyrics for your lyrics? I couldn't even tell you, man. It is, just is it just? Do you think it just correlates with your life and shit you've actually been through? Absolutely. Partying. For sure, for sure, partying. Um, Sick. Not necessarily even partying, but just being at the end of a party. You know, that's kind of the. <laughs> What's the craziest shit you can remember? From like parties growing up back in like your day in the old punk scene. Oh fuck, man! He's I like, I don't, I yeah. don't remember him. I don't, I don't want to remember. Um, <laughs> I can't you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to ask some other folks about that one. They seem to like. To oh, they got tell the stories story. for you. Yeah, they tell those stories. <laughs> That's funny. No, but um, no, but yeah. To go back to this album, since forever till whenever, which is the new album, uh, facelift dropped. Is there anything behind that um, title of the album? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's just something we used to always say um, about our little little crew that we used to run around in, you know. Mm-hmm. It was our, our our little saying, if you will, you know, fucking since forever we've been around and then we'll probably be around till whenever. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. your first yeah. album, um, the first album you guys dropped was uh, straight out of Thousands, right? Right, yeah, man. That fucking... And then is that just because you guys are from Thousand Palms? It was kind of um, at that time. It was kind of an homage to uh, to Easy E and how mm-hmm. he had put like the really shitty small town on the map, yep. and it was kind of a household name. Oh, okay. But th- this was, uh, and I feel I felt like Thousand Palms was kind of like the same shitty little town that Compton was, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of supposed to be a play on that. But it was like right before that movie came out. I found out that the movie was coming out. It was like 2015 or some shit. Which one was it? Uh, straight, straight out of, oh, straight straight out of Compton. Compton, duh. <laughs> and I, was, I had the chance to change the name because I was gonna change it. I was gonna, I was gonna change it before that movie came out. But I kind of felt like the movie would not be so big of a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you know, like the, the Jimi Hendrix movie was just came and went. Uh, but I was totally wrong. The movie, <laughs> the movie was just straight out of fucking everywhere, and and it totally, yeah, it totally seemed memes, yeah. Memes yeah. everywhere. So I should have changed the name. I regret not doing that, but it's uh are, are there a lot of regrets you have with that album or is that mainly No, nah, man, that album's fucking it is it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's your first album too, you know. You guys live and you learn. I fucking dig the album, man. I I remember I took it home and I started listening to it and even though I'd heard these songs live already, so it wasn't like, "Oh man, I've never heard this before" or anything like that, but it was just sick to finally listen to like an actual like you guys had a professional copy of your music. And just that alone, I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. As a matter of fact, I was a little twerp, and I was like, yo, sign this poster, so if you guys ever make it fucking big, I'm going to, you know, I'll have this fucking poster. Dang, I don't know about big, man. Some of my <laughs> some of my favorite bands still load their shit on and load it off themselves. I see it all the time. What do you... So, um, there's nothing respectable, though. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's fuck no, that, dude. There's, no, there's nothing big. What do, you, uh, what do you see as success when it comes to, like, your music? Like, what would be successful for you? Um... I don't know, man. Um, do you make the music just for you? Like, is it something you do because you love to do it? Yeah, I feel like uh, if uh, if if there's a point where we stop trying to get it out there, you know, what I mean? if we stop trying to 
like market it and play shows everywhere and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit then we'd still be jamming anyway yeah. until we'd be like old men jamming anyway you know what i mean and probably playing a bar here or there i don't know but i don't see i don't see musicians who are real musicians ever stopping playing just because yeah that's true you know if you love to do it you're gonna do it no matter what yeah. you're gonna find a way look at bb king sitting on a chair still playing yeah, guitar that's true what do you prefer to play at house shows or bars Oh, that's a good question. House shows, a good house show is always the funnest. Yeah, they really the mo- are. Or the most fun, rather. Sometimes you see some gnarly shit at a bar that's not supposed to be happening at the bar, though, and that's really fucking funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but I have a homie, and they were at a show in L.A. You ever been to the Five Star Bar? Yeah, I've played there a few times. That fucking place is sick. And um, you probably know the guy I'm talking about. I'll say it after. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want him to get in trouble or whatever, but... uh. He, I guess he's a really fucking terrible drunk. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker was just peeing next to the like, sound booth right there on the floor. And people were watching him piss right there because he was so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, later on in the night, this motherfucker throws his drink at the bartender and breaks the glass all behind her and all this shit, right? And uh, I'll tell you who was there. It was Dookie and our other homies like Junior and Carlos mm-hmm. and our other homie that fucking threw the damn bottle. And this fucking crowd of people are coming out of the five-star bar to jump these motherfuckers. And Smut was there, actually. And Smut, like, held these fucking people back and were like, yo, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, these motherfuckers are going to kill you right now. And all because this guy was just super fucked up. Mm. And, like, usually you don't really see that at a show at a bar. But, like, when it does happen, that's fucking funny. Nice little treat. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was there. I wasn't there during that time. They were telling me about it because we went to go see Smut two weeks ago, I think. And uh, so they were giving me some stories at these shows. And um, I actually really like that bar, though. Five Star Bar Sick. Hell yeah. But um, you guys actually got any shows planned up soon? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, we have... Ah, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, well, not a bunch of stuff, but you know what I mean? There's a few things that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think we're playing a show out at uh, Inconsiderate Skate Shop on February 8th. Inconsiderate. Where's yeah. that at? Uh, I'd have to... Is that, va- is that a local? No, I I can tell you here in a second. No worries. We gotta go. Yeah, you haven't seen you haven't seen their band before. Mm -hmm. I haven't a chance. It's been a while since I've gone actually gone see. Yeah, you're you're a guy that just likes to stay home. You're like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah, if it's not for comedy, yeah. I usually watch. I don't even sweat, man. This uh, we just winged this podcast, so don't even. We're not professionals. The last the last show I was supposed to go in the big one was at Rock and Rio. That was supposed to go. Yeah, I, didn't even, I, I missed it. I fucking it slipped in. Yeah. yeah, I had to do homework. I was like, "Oh, school's more important." Fucking, that was, that's a regret. Was really, like, that's yeah. crazy. Oh, because he stayed to do like work instead of have fun and have a life. Yeah, I had a uh, twenty-page essay due on Monday, and I was only essays. ten pages in. I was like, "Oh fuck, damn, worse." I missed Jeff Tones. Anyway, all right. So did you find out where that fucking place is? No, at? I didn't. I stopped looking. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, my bad. I fucking no, no, feel, like a, feel like a douche about that. But it's all right. Yeah, uh, inconsiderate ride shop. And you could just fucking look it up. No, I'll look it up myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, after that, we'll be out in. Uh, I gotta actually do have a calendar. Let me get, <laughs> get, get <laughs> this is so good. No, but um, How, that sh- you said you saw him at Bart. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, Bart. Is that the first time you guys played at Bart? No, we've played we've played there a couple times. Okay, yeah, that was the first time I saw you guys there, and um, that was cool. I actually really like Bart. I feel like they should have more shows. Yeah, I love the, love the video games. <laughs> yeah, Marvel well, vs. Capcom too. About it, yeah. Yeah, no, wasn't there a Metal Slug cabinet that used to be there? Oh, it was there still, right? I think it is there. They got the Simpsons arcade uh, yeah, cabinet too. 
That's one, of the, yeah, that's one of the best. I think that used to be at Riverside. Fucking, it's in Riverside? Oh, yeah. Fuck, dude. That's sick. Yeah, so there's that. And then uh, we got um, Lancaster after mm. that. All ages show in Lancaster. Um, then after that, Mexicali. And it's the 21st. Dude, and like, do book, they just hit you up, or how does this work? Or do you out go out of your way and try to get shows out of town? Sometimes, sometimes, like, uh, we'll just be kind of plugged into this network on social media where mm. someone will be like, hey, we need a band out here, and be like, hey, we want to play that show. And then we'll go out there and fucking, well, we'll message them and be if we, you know, see if we can get the spot. Or, you know, half the time, someone will just reach out and be like, hey, can you guys play here? And we'll mm. be like, yeah, man. If we could, we always do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to play. Never turn a never turn a gig down. Mm-hmm. Um, hard, it's if, hard to. Uh, short short um short notice shows are kind of hard to do because there's five of us. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And we're kind of past the point where we we play shows without members because uh, mm-hmm. this new album was written with very specifically all five members. You know, mm-hmm. whereas uh, the first album was written with three members, so we could, mm-hmm. you know, we essentially you could perform that fucking album with a three piece. Mm-hmm. So two people could be kind of, but we since we don't, you know, we're mainly performing the new album these days. We kind of have to be a five piece. That's pretty yeah. dope. Have you gone to Mexico before? Or is that the first time Mexicali? Uh, no, we play Mexicali is actually one of my favorite places to play. They they um like to think they dig us out there. Uh, super fun, super fun Mexicali. Uh, we actually have a show booked in Mexico. We're supposed to be playing some festival in March. What's um, the scene no, actually, like? There? Actually, in May. May 1st and 2nd, there's a festival <coughs> called uh, Punkytude Fest. Cool. And that's supposed to be pretty dope. Where in Mexico? It's in uh, Papalotla. Hmm. You ever been there since you? No. Yeah. I think it's a couple hours outside of Mexico City. Oh, nice. Oh, dude, that's going to be sick. Yeah. What's the scene uh, like out there? Is it insane? In Mexico? Yeah. Uh, pretty, yeah. Like for pretty, the shows you guys do. Pretty gnarly, yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Um, it's a pretty, pretty partied out fucking scene. Everything always ends up back at the strip club. It's like the only <laughs> place. Uh, it's the only place that stays open that you can just hang out and yeah, drink I beer. So, so we just yeah. can't complain about that, right? Once the bar's done, you can just go down there and hang out. Right on. Um, yeah, I um, actually want. I'm curious about what you think. What do you think about the scene down here in the valley? Because it's kind of, it's kind of, <coughs> it's kind of dead right now. We went through a phase where like there were shows every fucking weekend back. You know when Chewy was was throwing these shows and right. you guys were at <clears throat> fucking, there was just a, 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 a time where there was a show every fucking weekend, uh, facelifts on the bill, pans ran like a bunch of fucking bands. And now it's kind of like, there's hardly any shows going on right now in the Valley. Well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Uh, it's what I feel is, uh, you know, it takes a band coming through and wanting to stop here to get us going. You know what I mean? And then once, once they hit us up, it's like, um, you know, it's Damon Engel and myself have been kind of taking care of Coachella Valley Hardcore since uh, Chewie's been locked up for these last couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard to scrap up bands around here, it feels. There's not, not, not too many punk bands. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. for a while there was just a fucking shit ton. And, um, you know, they were short-lived, but it doesn't matter. Like, there, at yeah. one point in time, there was a handful of bands that you could just get a hold of if you wanted to throw a show. And now it's just like, you know, I guess history just repeats itself and they just fucking go away. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I can't really say. Um, you know, I will. I'm going to say this right now, man. So, like, I saw 
I've been saying this like the last two fucking episodes. Mm. I saw Smut like two weeks ago, right? Blew me out of the water. I was talking to the lead singer. He's down to come out here and play in the Valley. Would you guys be willing, would Facelift be willing to fucking play on the same bill with them? If yeah, I make, man. If Duh. I get it. All right, Duh. sick. Yeah. Because, Another dude. Another great show. Like, we could even do it at my house. Whoa. Please do. Please. I've been trying to find, like, Nigel's a homie. He books the comics. He books the bands for the hood. And, um, you know, I was giving him the rundown. He's like, yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. But, like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, like, fuck yeah, let's plan a date yeah. already. Yeah, give me a date. I'll, we'll do it at my house. Total Amazing! I'm so glad you're here. I have right a, I have my fucking property fenced up just because of that. Damn. Oh really? Yeah, because I've been I've actually been doing a few all ages shows at my at my place mm-hmm. with uh, like I said Damon Angle's help. Um, he's been helping me out with. You know, I mean, whenever we feel like doing some shit, you know. Nice. Put it together yourself. Yeah, yeah. Thank I got it yourself. Yeah, that, I've actually done a couple. I had a, a band from Italy uh, called Nofu come down. Damn. Um, band from. Uh, Germany called Schwa. Mm-hmm. Those guys were actually pretty bad fucking ass. I wasn't expecting it. How like, do you I, find these bands? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Someone's pointing the finger at us. Mm-hmm. Someone's pointing the finger at us and they hit us up. And like if you if you guys drive through this fucking dirt fucking valley, mm-hmm. hit up this band pretty much. If you need yeah, if you need some punk rock, if you need a, if you're a punk rock band, and you need to play a show here in the valley. Mm-hmm. Hit up these guys. You know, Dude, that's sick, man. Nice that's good to have like you know a reputation of like. There's at least one punk band you can fucking hit up, and it's you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's actually you know more the the collective, you know the the collective, uh, um, what's it called? Um, Coachella Valley Hardcore Collective gets the the messages, you know. Yeah. So they'll pop in, in those in those inboxes, and then we'll see what we can do, you know, as far as what dates they need and whatnot. So a lot of times it's been some bangers that have come through needing some shows, and. Uh, too, I think it's uh, our homies Big Mike and and uh, and those guys from uh, from L.A. You know what I mean? They're they're hosting bands and then they're saying you know come down here on your way to Arizona, stop in ah, nice. yeah, yeah. stop in uh, Coachella Valley. You know what I mean? They have, there's a nice little spot right there. Get those guys up, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's sick, man. It's all networking, really. Mm-hmm. That's tight. Now, um, to get back to this album, so <laughs> Dookie was telling me, you know, about the the. Um, the video, the music video. Is that the only music video you guys recorded? So far, yeah. Are you gonna do um, more? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually I'm actually um there's gonna be a few actually. Yeah, there's, right gonna, on. there's gonna be a couple things. Um, so he was he you know, he let me know that like it was a mutual understanding that both of you guys weren't really digging it and you were like, Look, man, I know you can pretty much do better and he was like, I agree. Like it's just not my best work. But do you he didn't really get into specifics with me. He was just pretty much like, dude, like I just time management wasn't really there. Yeah, but, it's kinda it But was, what is it from your point of view? From my point of view, I think what ended up happening is we uh we had very specific goals, both mm-hmm. him and I, and we understood the goals. Like we had a script and we had a very uh, a very strict production schedule, mm-hmm. but all the eggs that I put I put most of our eggs into the location basket. Mm. So the location being kind of a grander theater that you're supposed to be kind of put together when you go yeah. in there. Yeah. We didn't really have time to um, to get a, a you know we didn't really have time to to do everything we needed to do. Oh, like all so, the so, setup. Yeah. So some of the the there was an opening take that had an actor involved with a line. And he came out, you know, of the curtain and stuff, and he'd speak his line. Mm-hmm. And as the the curtains would open, there was a, a lighting cue that was programmed, where that would take the the drape light out, and then it'd bring top light up, and we'd all step into it. Mm-hmm. And then the front light would come on, and that would all be synchronized with the intro of a track, mm-hmm. you know. 
as you can imagine, that kind of orchestrating that took a bit of time, you know, because okay. it was relying on the actor's best yeah. take and then and then us fucking up and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting all that in one motion ended up taking quite a bit of time. Um, so before we knew it, we were kind of like, security's trying to kick us out of the theater. Oh, and, wow. And then uh, we had what we had, you know what I mean? And you can only do so much. With, yeah. With yeah. I, um... He did show me the video. He eventually showed it to me. And I got to say, like, again, and I don't know what the vision both of you guys had because, um, you know, I'm sure you guys both had the same vision if you guys both agreed. Like, yeah, this isn't the best work. But I'm just going to say what I saw. I was like, dude, that's not that bad. That's pretty sick. Like, it looked like a cool music video. You know, you guys are just on stage doing your thing. And um, I know what you're talking about when you're you're saying about the, the actor reciting the script or whatever. So right. I know what you're talking about. But I'm just... From my point of view, I was like, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not. No, dude, it's actually, it, I mean, as far as um, anything we've ever had before, it's the best we've ever had, but there's a lot of things in that video that didn't happen that I really wanted to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you noticed the junkie in the background slamming the heroin into his neck. I think I'd have to rewatch it. Oh, well, see, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's supposed, supposed to be a little bit more blatant. Yeah, okay, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a dude convulsing who's fucking, uh, you know, puking his brains out fucking overdosing heroin in his homie's arms mm -hmm. and that's supposed to be kind of more featured you mm -hmm. know and we didn't really have time to do all those all those finer points when is uh when and are you guys going to record another music video um there's a little bit of gear that needs to be purchased mm -hmm. and then we're getting getting to work on it i uh there's a there's a couple of production companies that i work for around here that have kind of offered a few uh, different services, you know, some cameras that they have and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, but I was kind of waiting on, on a few different things because mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to have a majority of the production in my in my own hands, you know what yeah. I mean? Especially when it comes to the edit and stuff like that. That's a big part of it. Like it's the like in movie, they said the editor is probably the most important thing that's underappreciated because it makes you look good. It doesn't matter how well it's shot, how it's directed. If yeah, the editor so doesn't chop yeah. it up right. Um, I do want to know, like, how does how do you determine what song you want to make a music video for? Mm -hmm. Like, do you guys get together and you're like, you know what? Is it like this is our best song on the album, so let's yeah. make this song the music video? Or how does that work? I don't know, man. We just kind of flow, you know, whatever feels. I mean, I kind of always thought uh, Embrace It was going to be the jam. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it was actually written specifically for... Uh, um, Cameron Webb, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but he's yeah. The uh, we were just talking about him with Nigel, the producer. Mm. Yeah, from yeah. The, did the Wiggles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he did uh, Motorhead's last. Yeah, that's like, what he was talking about. And, yeah. And uh, actually, I had went, I had met, I had met him through uh, through Pete D from the Addicts. From the Addicts, yeah. And we went down there to go to go hang out when Slippin' was recording, mm -hmm. and uh, I gave him a copy of our album. And he told me that he would listen to it, and let me know if if uh, he had a time to record a band like us or something, he said something similar to that. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he had never reached out to me. And then he finally called me out of the blue. He's like, Hey man, I heard your, your album. And I, you know, I got a vision for your next one. And I go, okay, cool. So he kind of talked, talked me up about it. And he was like, sounds really good. You guys sound, um, I'm not even gonna say it sounds fucking, sounds fucking ego driven, but Gave us a really good compliment on how we thought. Hey we man, sounded. it's good to get yeah. any recognition though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right, especially from him. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge compliment. It's a big thing. And he kind of gave me the compliment sandwich. You know, he's kind of like, "It's good here. You guys heard the first song. It sounded fucking awesome." 
a really exciting second song. I liked it too. So third song was the same exact shit as the first three, yeah. and then the same thing throughout. And then you guys don't change your tempo. And I was like, man, fuck you, you know? Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like that. That's the way I like it. I like yeah, it to yeah. just blast the whole way through. But then he was kind of saying, you know, like, take an example of any any of your favorite albums. There's always a song that's kind of slow and mm-hmm. breaks it down and gives a listener um, an opportunity to get re-excited about how fast you can be. Uh, like a reset. Uh, yeah, kind of like, kind of like a that. little, a little break, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I wrote that song specifically with his advice in mind. You know, I wrote it, I wrote it like half the speed of any fucking thing that we have, mm-hmm. and then at the end, we just have this super slow, you know, shreddy breakdown kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then it gives you a long break, and then it's just back to fucking in your face, back to in your face. Hell yeah. That's sick, dude. Yeah. No, I that totally honestly makes sense. I never yeah. thought about that. And it's funny because, you know, on volume four, that's like my favorite album of all time. Yeah. And it's funny because like, you know, the first couple of songs are fast and then it goes to changes, which is fucking slow shit. It's just the piano and Ozzy singing slows down the tempo of the fucking album. And then right after that, it fucking picks up speed again. And I never thought about that. Yeah. Like, that's true. Like it, it just resets you. Someone's out there thinking of this shit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I got that bit of advice. Down oh yeah, dude. That's something you keep in your back pocket from yeah. here on out. I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, now you notice that this album's a little bit different of a listening experience, you know, because that was what was, uh, kept in mind, the the entirety of it all. So like, actually let's get into that. So what was your idea behind this album and maybe what you took, what you learned or what you could have done better from your last album and you, you know, you went on to this album thinking like, all right, this is what I'm going to do different. This is what I want my songs to be. This is how fast I want them to be. Maybe the tempos. The song order. Everything, yeah. The song order was something that we thought, you know, that it's just super important, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just something I just didn't have fucking time to deal with at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is, you know, honestly. I just made sure to have that slow fucking breakdown in the middle. And uh, everything else is just kind of... You know, it, well, just, it falls in yeah, place. It just falls in, yeah. And were you the one behind uh, pretty much everything for this album? Was it just like you, like, or did you guys get together as the band collectively and be like, make the decision? So on this album, it was it was way more collective. Um, you know, there's a the creative process was way more involved between us all because, like I said on the last one, it was just you know some teenage shit that I would just play some riffs, yeah, and then I'd say some shit, and then I'd write it down, and then we'd do the same thing the next day, but you know, the next day we'd have another song and the one from before would be kind of solidified, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it'd just go that way and we'd have maybe like 10 songs in a few months, you know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, once we got new members, my brother and, and Quanta joined, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, they kind of just adapted those simple three-piece songs into like a more intense five-piece version, you know? And that's and then we recorded that point. Oh, yeah. you re-recorded the songs like on the first. Yeah, so then nice. we recorded them once we had the new members. But there are old songs that were written by a three-piece band, you know. Yeah. And this new stuff was, you know, kind of more. Uh, you know, we kind of thought about more about being in the studio and stuff, and how we were gonna do it, how we we're gonna execute it, mm. and. You know, I think a lot of a lot of what happened is. Um, people just kept their pieces private until they were done mm. and then you just introduce it to the band as a whole com- composition you know what i mean mm. and that way there was just uh minimal minimal tweakage oh. 
Because sometimes if you present, you know, a half-assed idea to a mm-hmm. band, then you, it just goes totally a different direction, yeah. you know, once yeah. everybody gets a hold of it. Everyone turns it into, it's not even the same original thing. Right, right. Yeah. But in this case, we had, you know, everyone bring in songs that were done, like Quanah's Mindless Murder was just totally done, totally finished song. He even had drums on it when I first heard it. Wow. He, like, he's like, here, check he this song it? out. Did he play the drums? Or? Yeah, he played drums. Oh, wow. Like, he played everything. And I was That's like, this, well, this, yeah. is, this is fucking sick. Nice. He's like, yeah. Is, were there any songs that didn't make the list, make the album? As a matter of fact, uh, Getting a Grip didn't make the last album. And it, it was, it, it almost didn't make this album, too. It's kind of. What uh, was the issue? It's just a hard song to do. Like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird timing, you know. Um, I don't know. Is it the, the change of tempo during the song? I think it's just me. It's me that fucks that one up. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just. Well, I'm the one that cut it from the last one. It's my song. I wrote it. You yeah. know, like I wrote. I was the last. It's actually the last song I wrote for the first album. Mm-hmm. And once we couldn't nail it the way I thought I the way the way I thought it should sound, um, I ended up cutting it from the first album. And I was like, "Well, do it on the next one," you know. And then once we did it on this album, I was having trouble recording, and I was like, "Fucking what?" You know, like I could do it live, no problem. Mm-hmm. But in the studio, is a whole different album animal. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is that element of like? playing at a show where it's just like you know it's it, it's live it's not gonna be really how you hear it on an album and then compared to recording it you know live there's a there's a groove you know i mean there's like um there's like a an understanding between the players who are all there and involved at the same time mm-hmm. whereas being in the studio you have to play to something that already exists mm-hmm. you know it exists and it's not going to change it's not going to slow down for you and it's not going to speed up for you. You know, you got to kind of nail it the way it, the way it is. Right on. Um, um, so, cause you had mentioned again, like most of those songs for the, the first album were already written and played for, from a three piece band. And, um, I'm, I'm going to assume you weren't this, well, you had mentioned you weren't the singer at the time for those bands. You were like playing drums and stuff. When did you decide, you know, I'm going to get on the fucking mic and just start singing. Uh, you know, I think I think it was at a point where I wasn't even in the band. I had a, uh, it was um, Izzy was singing and and Anthony was playing bass, and uh, and actually I remember Anthony being a really good singer. I remember him sounding badass. Mm-hmm. So I, he was, I don't know, man. I don't I don't I don't know why Izzy was always changing things up, but Anthony was a badass singer, and I felt like I was doing pretty good on the bass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually my main instrument these days, but, uh, he had, in order for him to be the singer in the band and guitar player, he would have to get Anthony on the bass and then that would mean that I was out, you know? So there was one time I showed up and they were having band practice and he was writing some, they were writing a new song and I kind of changed the lyrics for him. I was like, dude, this is better, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I was, I was showing him how to sing it. And everyone kind of agreed, like, maybe you should sing, you know? And that was, that's the way I remember it anyway, but those were fucking fucked up days. But <laughs> what was that's the way I kind of remember it. If you, if you don't mind me asking. Huh? What were, like, what was fucked up about those days, like, if party? you don't mind me asking? Uh, just everything, just pills and booze and fucking hard drugs of all types. What was a regular day for you, like, back then? A regular day, fucking, obviously just always boozing. Just constantly boozing. Clonopin, fucking meth. What was your what was your poison uh, when it came to alcohol cocaine. back then? Uh, I don't know, just 
Beer, whatever. beer and fucking alcohol, fucking whatever. Just a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kid so, drinking and. Was it uh, mostly like a blur for you? A little bit, you know. I remember partying. Just always partying. It's kind of the way it was. Partying and music. Nice. How old were you when you, uh, when you like got into the scene and just started fucking partying? Uh, probably like 13, 14. That's when I was kind of uh, skateboarding and all that kind of stuff. That's mm. when, that's what actually I used to do before music. That's why what seems I, to be the case a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What I thought I was gonna be doing, you know what I mean? I went down that yeah. road too. When did you yeah. start playing music? I just didn't play music. Kind of when I stopped skateboarding. When I stopped skateboarding and started getting loaded, I fucking uh, started playing music. Was that an injury that made you stop skateboarding, or did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I, what I thought I was doing, I thought I was going pro. You know, I was fucking, I was. I was I put most of my life in skateboarding and uh I I rehabbed from a broken knee which I came back pretty all right. How that happened? Um that was a nollie at the fucking uh, off the death drop at the fucking uh at the fucking uh, skate park. Damn. And that actually came with a lower back injury too that ended up being something for a long time. Which skate park? The Palm Desert Palm, skate park. Oh, okay, right there. I know which yeah. one you're talking about now. Yeah, didn't clear it hit the bottom of the curve. Mm-hmm. My knee ended up taking most of it, and you know it, it was it was pretty bad. But I like I said I ended up rehabbing from that, not too bad, and uh, ended up breaking my ankle mm-hmm. a little bit later on the six. Uh, I think it's a six flat or like a right there at City Hall in downtown Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Broke my ankle there, and that one after that I had the fear. You know what I mean? Yeah, just not. You don't want to fucking do it anymore. So I was just getting more hurt, and more yeah, hurt yeah. constantly because I was worried about my ankle. The anxiety right before you mm-hmm. the jump. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just, just knowing how easy it was to re like once you once your ankle's done like that's yeah it doesn't doesn't come back for some reason mm-hmm. or I don't know maybe some other fuckers do but mine didn't and by, by that time I was already getting high and fucking drinking and mm-hmm. playing music so I said fuck skateboarding moved on yeah pretty much did you already have homies that were like just jamming out and stuff. And you were just skateboarding, and then yeah. after that, you were like, "Well, these guys are doing it, so I'm gonna do it too with them." Or yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, it was uh, decrepit, decrepit from fucking uh, from Thousand Palms, Sheridan, uh, Stephen, um, David, Matt Miller, those guys, David Gonzalez, fucking uh, those guys were the original jammers back in the day, and we were just kind of amazed at their ability. You know what I mean? Because they, they were shredding fucking dope-ass shit back in those days. And just to see kids playing, you know, mating covers and stuff like that was pretty intense for us. It was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. fucking... So we... But we were like a little bit different, you know? They were they were metal and we were punk rock, but we were all good friends, so we hung out and they were our influence, you know what I mean, from an early time. Speaking of influence, what, like, inspiration did you have behind your, like, you know, early music? Were you guys just trying to replicate certain bands or you were like... Let's just fucking play as fast and loud as we can. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, it's kind of hard to say about that one. The uh, we we all like a lot of different shit, you know mm. what I mean. But uh, you can hear. What are you really into? Yeah. F- fucking everything. Yeah, dude, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I feel like especially when it comes to music, you shouldn't be just fucking dialed into one fucking genre. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because I know some people are like that, and I got there's no disrespect to them. That's totally cool. Like, you like what you like. Yeah. I'm a guy who likes what I like, and that's, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I feel like when it comes to music specifically, like you're going to learn a lot from a lot of different fucking music. And, right. and maybe it's going to help you with your music. I don't, know. I don't fucking play. Duke Ellington thing. There's only two kinds of music, good music and bad music. Ain't that the fucking yeah. truth. Styles like irrelevant. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. But um, you guys actually went on tour a couple years back, if I remember correctly. And um, what was that like? Oh, dude, that was a that was a that was pretty fun going all the way across <laughs> going all the way across the United States. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. You know, if you if you could imagine just five of us in a van. Cruising. How many stops were there total? Yeah. Like for like shows. That mm. motherfucker never stopped. It just, <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> we stopped and played, and then we like the the. The tour schedule that I booked was so shitty. It worked on paper just barely, you know. Wow. And then to to execute it was kind of a fucking, kind of a situation. It was a, a task. Feat. Yeah, it was a task for sure. Were you guys like Vikings, just showing up with barely enough time to fucking pillage, play your sets, and then bounce to the next spot? Some sometimes, or sometimes we were there way too early. And just been like, dude, this fucking. What were the exact stops? Like, what places did you play at? Um. We were in Colorado at the Triple Nickel. That was a cool spot. The Underground Lounge in uh, Chicago. I remember that. That was pretty fucking cool. That's where we met uh, this band, Saint. Mm-hmm. Those guys were pretty badass. Um, then I think we headed to Trenton, New Jersey after that, from Chicago to Trenton. Damn. So that was like a big jump. Dude, yeah. How long yeah. was that drive? I don't even remember, dude. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to remember. I don't remember, but I remember some of us were driving for like nine hours at a time. Like An- Anthony did like a nine-hour drive, and I remember driving like six hours at one point, just Jeez. straight driving six. And then it's like we were like fucking not sleeping either. You know, we we're yeah. partying and drinking and stuff. You know, got to stay up. So we were just. I was gonna say, did you guys get on each other's nerves? Like, fuck, dude, we're in this car for too long with each other. I don't know. I was having a good time. Like, okay. <laughs> He's well, like, "Fuck him." Yeah, the drugs are good enough. That's somebody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, like, "No, fucking, fuck no." <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Are you guys ever gonna do another tour? He's like, yeah, "Ask somebody yeah. else." Yeah. yeah, ask somebody else. You only, you only invited me, but yeah. fucking. Um, well, you know what, dude? I actually like. I mean, I know you and I aren't like super close, but you're the only one I really know out of that group. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why I. F- I was like, if I, I really want to talk to somebody from the band, band, and I was like, I only really know Danny. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I feel I, I felt more comfortable reaching out to you, if that makes sense. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? You, sh- you should have told me. I would have brought, brought. Dude, we could have. Fucking, dude, yeah. this guy can have up to like eight people at, eight, once, so, eight at once. So we could have the entire facelift band. And I, I'd imagine the stories being told on that podcast would be insane. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty reserved these days because, like I said, I've, I've done so many fucked up things. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Can I say this? We've all been there, man. Like, I mean. I don't know. I don't know if mine are worse than yours or yours are worse than mine. But who the fuck knows? Yeah, who, and honestly, who gives a fuck? You live and you learn. Yeah. Right. I mean, we all got you know fucking demons, but who cares? Was but no, man. Yeah, you guys should. Um, that'd be sick if you guys went on another tour. Yeah, um, actually, I'm 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 in the middle of booking a, a West Coast tour right now. Oh uh, yeah. So what we'll spots be, do you want to hit up? Um, we'll be doing Fresno, um, Medford. Oh, actually, we'll be starting in L.A. L.A., Fresno, Medford, uh, Eugene, Portland, Seattle. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I have it written down nice. somewhere. Eugene, Oregon? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Let's see what the fuck's happening over there. That's, that's a pretty cool place. Sounds, my, yeah, my buddy lives there. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got a friend up there, huh? Yeah. It's a cool, cool area. I went Portland. Like there. Yeah, Portland's no problem. Everyone's yeah. partying over there, but oh, it yeah. seems like... I thought Salem would be 
kind of cool for punk rock, but apparently, maybe not. Yeah. Was it dead up there? I don't know. Some I can't. Areas. I can't. I've, I've been kind of trying to reach out a little bit, see what's happening. Maybe I'm just a little disconnected from the West Coast circuit, but that you'll be on there soon again. Yeah. Is there a place you want to go back to and play from like the original tour, or a city you'd like, or just a club that you like? Tr- yeah. Like, Trenton was Trenton was probably the fucking hardest place I've ever been. What is that? Trenton, New Jersey. They like they get the the tough city fucking stamp from me. Oh, oh like they're yeah. fucking rough. Yeah, I mean Chicago. You know, everyone knows Chicago is tough, but yeah. Trenton. I don't know. That was fucking place was gnarly. Dude, Jersey. I remember it's the place I went to that had glass thicker than any bank I've ever seen to, at a White Castle. It was <laughs> at part, a White Castle. It was two inches thick, <laughs> and they didn't even hand you your food. They put in a glass container that's also bulletproof. What? Like, oh, you can't open it. Why? Yeah, because it's it was that bad in our neighborhood, food? man. Your food? Yeah, it was like a, it looked like an episode of the first forty-eight. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get shot here. There's more homeless people inside the White Castle than there was outside. How did the food taste? It was not worth my life. Like, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> answer, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck, dude. That's sick. That sounds like it would have been a really cool show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If actually, you're like, dude, that, yeah, it was rough. There's some hard moments. Philly, Philly was actually the best show, I think, though. Um, a place called Cousin Danny's. Oh shit. That was put on by. Uh, uh, my buddy AJ from from uh, I met him when he was a singer from Reagan Youth, mm-hmm. but oh, right now on. now he does uh, a band called Atomic Cretans, mm-hmm. and they're they're East Coast monsters. You know they're badass. Hell yeah! So whenever we go out there, I think they're gonna be coming out here soon. Oh damn! Yeah, he just he just kind of reached out to me, said uh, they'll be coming to the West Coast for a tour. Yeah. Right on. Maybe they'll stop down here then and yeah. play a show. Yeah, so I'm gonna be getting this tour worked out. In the West Coast and see if I can get a cool route, you know. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, you guys promote uh, the new album, or is that the plan? Like to promote the new album while you go on tour, mm. sell as much merch as you can. Yeah, apparently, you know, folks are gonna have to see you and yeah. s- decide if they want to buy the fucking album. You know. Yeah. Um, only so much buy this album you can do on the internet yeah. until it's fucking obnoxious. Yeah. yeah, I felt bad, honestly. Well, not really. I didn't really feel bad. Like the show that you guys did at Bart. Those bands from out of town wasn't like one of those bands from like they just got back from China. Yeah, no, they're the thing. I think they're from Shanghai. What was their Damn. What was the band name? Uh, Alpaca. That was them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those guys were sick, they and are, uh, they were, really the bass ass. player was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, Did dude. you see him jamming? Yeah. Fucking insane. And uh, I had to pull out my phone. Yeah, dude. I was Can talking you? to him afterwards. I was like, dude, you're fucking insane on that thing. But uh, no, they were cool. But I hardly ever carry cash on me, right? Because I'll, I'll fucking spend that shit, dude. If I have cash in my wallet, I'll fucking spend it on the dumbest thing ever. And so uh, I had 20 bucks on me. All the other money I have is in my fucking wallet. I mean, in my card, my debit card. And um, I was like, dude, I got to support somebody, right? Yeah. And I, w- I remember I was going to buy something from them specifically, right? Because I was like, those guys were sick. And then I saw your table on the side over there, and you guys had your merch out, and you had the new album. <laughs> and I remember the guy was looking at me like, oh, yeah, what do you want? And I'm like getting ready. And from the corner of my eye, I see your as shit. And I was like, I'll be right back. And I never went back. <laughs> I just went. Bastard. I was like, how much is for the album? And I think it was your, are you married or is it your girlfriend or your it's, wife? Yeah, it's, she's my she's my wife. I'm not like married by law. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, all right, right yeah, on. Fuck all that. Well, I think it was her. And I was like, how much for the album? She's like 20 bucks. I was like, here, just give me that. And uh, actually texted me too. I never went back to to that guy's stand. 
you know, I just felt like, you know, yeah. like, cool. I would have supported them, but yeah. at the same time, like, these guys dropped a new album. I got to get it. I want It's on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, and I was impressed by that. I was like, holy shit, they actually got it on vinyl. Vinyl makes a big difference, especially when you said how they had to do the uh, remaster on it. Yeah, because yeah. then you have to go through um, it. I remember Crumbin was saying um, when they did um, one of the, the albums that they had to readjust a bunch of things because they're like, yeah, people usually listen to them on headphones. So we have to adjust the mid-range, the bases mm-hmm. around computer monitors or just uh, the computer speakers, which are shit. But if they don't mix that right and make it different from the vinyl, it's gonna be shit. So you have to do have two different master mixes or at least. Right. Yeah. I ended up uh, ended up going with uh, Giza X. Um, he ended up ma- mastering it for us for vinyl, oh, hell and yeah. I went to Golden Mastering to to actually cut the lacquer. Damn. And then from there, it went to RTI for plating and shit. Damn. Stamping, and then I ended up fucking ordering jackets from Florida. Really? Yeah, man. I ended up. Yeah, it was a bit of like I said. The the release party, uh, the release party we had to let it go in October because mm-hmm. <laughs> we were trying to um, we we're trying to get it out there for Halloween listening. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. our single our single in the music video was kind of like a Halloween vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially with the creepy organ shit at the end and all mm-hmm. that. Um, but you know, the fucking vinyl wasn't gonna be ready till after. Well, when did we even have it out? Like. It started it was, shipping. It, it started shipping like January first yeah. or something like that. I was that. gonna say it wasn't long ago. I remember I was on Facebook and then I just saw all the people talking about it and I was like, oh shit. And then uh, I wasn't long after that I was talking to Duke and he's like, yeah, I helped actually film the fucking video for him. And I was like, oh okay, right on. So honestly, that's one of the reasons why I bought it instead of the other guys because I was like, you know, Duke he was telling me about how Danny was like super like professional about this album and I was like, all right, I gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah I tried. I tried to. Uh Stir the hype, but it's like a fucking full time job. I, gotta, I can imagine, man. I can, I can only imagine the stress level too. Like fuck, it's rewardless, dude. It, and yeah. it falls on deaf ears a lot of times, and I don't, I don't even know what the fuck to do. I'm like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> and then I can only really think of how I am. I'm like, I don't fucking like clicking on shit either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't click on nothing. I barely push play on shit. Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, that's what's happening. No one gives a fuck. But <laughs> if no one gives a fuck about can't. anything. Yeah. No, I agree. But so I can't help but empathize. You know, I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know, one thing I actually have been thinking about lately, it would be cool. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not cool. Uh, obviously, him and I try to do stand-up comedy mm-hmm. with a bunch of our other uh, stand-up com- comedians and our friends. And uh, I've just been thinking, it'd be sick to have a show that mixes like the music and the comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like maybe one one side of the room mm-hmm. has like, a band go up like an actual fucking show not just one band like no offense i love saints and rebels they're sick and they kind of just open and close the show at red barn you know what i mean they'll play like three songs in the beginning three songs at the end and in between we just have the comics do the entire show because it's a comedy show but it'd be sick to have like a show on one side of one room they're playing their music after them They'll stop. A comic goes up, does some comedy for like 10 minutes. While they're doing all the setup. For and them. while they're setting up for the other fucking band. And then after the comic, the band goes and does their music. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just No, I've, I've actually, I just did one of those not too long ago. It, was, it goes over really well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It mixes up the tempo, huh? Where you get- yeah, like that, that 10 minutes of setup time where the band's setting up is totally game right there. You know what I mean? I just feel like sometimes I've been going up to, like lately I've been going to shows or whatever. I was just at one last night at Bart, and uh, you know, during that setup when there's just that like dead air, even though it's not dead air because everybody's mingling, 
I just like want to go up on stage, and I'm just so like used to like getting the mic now and just fucking saying stupid dick jokes. You should, you should, man. Yeah, it would be cool, but I don't know. That's just an idea I've been thinking about lately. I really just, when it comes to music right now, I just want to fucking get smut out here. And it's funny because I was already like talking to Nigel, and I was like, dude, and I think Facelift would be down to be on the fucking bill. And (laughs) I hadn't even told you yet, but I was like, I'm pretty sure they'd be down for it. We'd be down to be on a bill with smut, but I don't. I'm not gonna be playing at the hood anytime soon. Yeah. And oh, let, whoa. you don't like to play at the hood anymore? Nah, man. Unless they level that place and rebuild it. Oh, okay, it's too right. small. Yeah, then I'll definitely not. That I, that's kind of true. That little like sitting area is fucking cramped. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, we <laughs> should definitely do it at your fucking uh, your your place. And Dude, man, we we could do it at my place, no problem. Just that, give me a date. And I've we'll, been stressing uh, about it. Like, fuck, where am I gonna do this at? And like, I'm trying to make it happen and stuff. And uh, I've never really been in this position. I re- I reached out once before. And they seemed kind of like they wanted to do it, but weren't available at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I never reached out again. So if you're in communications with them and are about to yeah. make it happen, you got a place. Let me know. Fuck yeah, yeah. we'll talk nice. about that more. Big then. joke. But um, dude, I mean, what time are we at? We're fifty six. So one question I like to ask my guests before we close out the podcast is um word one you know part of the title is a podcast for failures and uh, I feel like that's something everybody in life can relate with mm-hmm. is you know we've all failed at one point or another. So I like to ask my guests, what's one failure that fucking sticks with you to this day? Something you wish you can get back, and uh, maybe you learned from it, maybe you didn't. Fuck, I don't know. Um, <laughs> one such failure. a good answer. Yeah. One big failure. It doesn't have to be big. It yeah. could be silly. It could be serious. It's just something. I don't know, man. I. You there you go. You should have you should have fucking sent that to me. I would have thought about that. <laughs> I would have thought about that in the shower. I kind of put it on the spot during the podcast, but it you know it's no biggie. Like usually in the beginning of this podcast, it was fucking school. Yeah. People would just be like, "Oh, I should have worked harder in school." Nah, that's fucking whack. Yeah, I actually, I actually dropped out to skateboard all my all my whole school. Well, there you fucking, go, dude. And that was really cool. I had a, <laughs> yeah. I even had a teacher who who was like. You don't want to be here, huh? I'm yeah. like, no, I fucking don't. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You're corrupting everything around these parts. I'm just going to mark you here, and you don't have to show up. Jesus, their teacher's so yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah, I was tripped out on that. So I, I took him up on the offer. and that's Shout how, out to him. That's how it went. You know, he's like, if you don't want to be here. Because I told him, like, you guys call my house when I don't show up to school. Yeah. So I got to be here. Yeah. He's like, yeah. well, I'll take care of that for you. Just don't show up anymore. <laughs> I'm like, Easy. fucking A. Damn, dude. Talk so you got to you got to understand that that's a bastard ass kid hanging around that you're gonna willing to do that for. Yeah. Like you just really don't fucking want him in your class. Yeah. So that's you know just when skateboarding. It shows your willpower. You already knew what you wanted to there do. There you go. Yeah, you're, that's you're not a failure, ahead. dude. You knew. You knew what you actually, wanted. Yeah, that was actually a win. As a matter of fact. Yeah, that's yeah. a fucking win, man. You knew what you wanted, but we're gonna take that. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's a great answer. Fuck school. Go ride a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. And actually, then you know make music after. And hung out with uh, Anthony the whole time. Anthony and fucking uh, Andrew. Nice. Andrew Ramirez. There you go. Love. And you made lifelong friends. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. Hell yeah. Sick. Well, anyways, I mean, now we're it's fucking dark, and I think it's it's pretty funny that we're just sitting in the fucking dark talking. <laughs> but um, no, man, I really appreciate you coming by. Um, you know, I know it was kind of uh, complicated in the beginning when I had to fucking cancel that first time around, but I really appreciate you coming by. And dude... We can totally have the entire band on this. Like I said, a Sunseal can get, you know, fucking eight, eight mics, eight mics on the fucking thing at once, and we could totally have the band on, and that would be insane to get them on and just have a podcast. And I think that'd be sick. 
But yeah. um, I really appreciate you coming by, and uh, I'm happy for the new album. I'm happy for you guys dropping the new album. Uh, what were those dates again? You were talking about you guys were gonna play soon. So we'll be we'll plug that in. Inconsiderate on February eighth. We'll be in Lancaster. Um, man, we'll be in Lancaster on the twenty second, and then after that we're in Mexico. So if you guys want to go to Mexico to see some fucking punk rock. I think on the yep. 21st of... Uh, Mexicali. There you go. But, um, no, man, yeah, I really appreciate you coming by. Thanks again. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to anything you guys drop in the future, music videos, any new music, whatever. Are you guys planning to make a new album after this, obviously? Yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it rolling. As a matter of fact, if you guys want to have the band, we could. you guys could just come to my studio. I can just plug in over there. Oh, wow. Fuck no, yeah, no dude. Problem. That'd be insane. Yeah, yes. we're mobile. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we're the next thing that I had planned, um, and everyone's really cool, you know. I just throw some shit out there, and everyone's like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it." Um, uh, as a cover, a covers album, oh, you know. Shit. So we're gonna be doing a covers album pretty soon. That's gonna mean so you uh, guys have. I fucking love the Gigi Allen cover and the Rudimentary Peni cover. Yeah, we yeah. Totally. I love I love how you guys give me shit when I'm calling it out yeah. at the show, and I don't give a fuck because I'm like, dude, the cover's gonna be sick. Fuck it. You know what's funny is I thought. Yeah, Someone else was heckling me, and then it, then I turned around and it was you. And I was like, oh, I'm no heckler. <laughs> oh, he I'm means that he's, yeah, yeah. you freebirded me. Now I know how it feels. You freebirded me. That's heckling, bro. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just, you guys have a sick cover. Um, no, but yeah, man, uh, I'm looking forward to all the work you guys put out in the future. And um, again, guys, if you want to check out Danny's band, if you fucking don't know already, if you live in the valley, it's mm-hmm. facelift. Are you guys on any fucking like music? Um, like Spotify, band. yeah, yeah, you can what? find it on Spotify and actually everything wherever, wherever. There you fucking wherever go. music streams, Apple fucking bullshit. I just have the CD, so when I want to listen to it, I just put the CD on. And now on vinyl, and, and now vinyl, vinyl. now yeah, yeah, get that shit. But um, yeah, dude, I'm. I hope we can do this again sometime. Possibly with the band, we'll go over there. Like I said, we're mobile, oh, yeah. and uh, dude, this was a lot of fun. And Asuncio, thanks for being here, man. Without you, this is impossible. And just another reminder, guys. We got comedy every Tuesday now, 9.30 at the Red Barn. Go check it out. Brandon Taylor's hosting that show, and it's sick. Uh, Every Wednesday, CV Brewery from 5 to 8, and then at the Hood from 8 to 10. And then Thursday, Dakota's hosting the best fucking comedy show in the Valley at Drink and Rancho Mirage at the River. That starts at 10 o'clock. Be there. Uh, February 27th, he's bringing out Chappelle Lacey. That's going to be an insane show, so check that out. And actually, this Thursday coming up, in Thousand Palms at Plan B, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a special guest, the lead singer of uh, uh, Saints and Rebels, Austin. We're gonna shave his head on stage. So if you guys want to go and donate a dollar to that, you can go on stage and shave his fucking head until every piece of hair on his face and head is gone eyebrows, mustache, everything. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's this Thursday at Plan B in Thousand Palms. Check it out. And then every Sunday, Nigel's bringing out some great comics to the hood. That's every Sunday um, from 9 o'clock. It starts at 9 o'clock, so check that out. And, um, yeah, that's going to be it. Dude, thanks for coming by. And anybody listening, if you got this far, let me know. I'll send you a fucking sticker. Bye. No way.
Don't fuck with me.